0: Welcome back to another edition of 4 Down Territory. My name is Miles. I'm with my co-host Sam. Sam, your Ravens are going to be in an AFC Championship game. You did kind of predict this at the start of the season. You said you are going to go deep in the playoffs, but an AFC Championship game you've got to be buzzing with.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's easy to back your own team, isn't it, and say that you're going to get far, but to see it actually happen, uh, I'm, I'm amazed. It's, you know, it's great. Uh, Obviously, first AFC Championship since 2012 when we won the Super Bowl, and I think the first time we've hosted a championship game since Johnny Unitas was playing for the Colts, I'm pretty sure. So uh, it's been a while.
0: It has been a while. But before we dive into all them games, let's start with our stat of the week this week.
1: Well, my stat of the week is almost a question I'm going to pose to you, actually. Oh, here we go. So um, Jared Goff joined a list of three quarterbacks. They're the only quarterbacks to have 14-plus win seasons for multiple franchises. Can you name the other two?
0: 14 plus wins for more than one franchise. Yeah, there's
1: only 3 QBs to uh, win 14. Brady games. and Manning. Exactly. Yes. Nice easy one. Yeah, obviously Brady with the Pats and the Bucks, Manning with the Colts and the Broncos. Gosh. So that's an elite that's an list for Jared stat, Goff to yeah. join. And I think when he joined the Lions, obviously the like Stafford was everyone that was the focus, wasn't mm. it? Because that's where all the picks went away from uh but, you know, Goff has come to the Lions and he's he wasn't just a I don't know he didn't just move the needle he's really made a difference to that team
0: I think it just proves like how well this Lions team has been built you've got to give credit to you know who they've hired and and the GM and what he's actually done Um, but also I mean how many wins did Stafford get in the most probably like 11 as he's like maximum
1: while he was there so
0: it just proves how good uh, Goff has also done in his time there as well My stat of the week is going to be based on the other NFC Championship team, the 49ers. Uh, With their win over the Packers this week, they will extend their 21-season streak of either making the NFC Championship game or missing the playoffs entirely. (laughs) The last time they didn't do either of them was in 2002 when they lost the divisional round against the Buccaneers. Wow. Very up and down. So you always know that if if they haven't made the playoffs, you can always... You guarantee they've made the the NFC Championship game, which is crazy. I mean, it, it... it shows how, well, what Carl uh, Shanahan's actually been able to do since he's got there. You know, he's only missed the playoffs, what, three times now? Yeah. Uh, but even when they were, I remember them being third in the NFC West, and that was the year the Rams won, and they still made it to the NFC Championship game then. They were the, what, sixth seed, so, you know, it just shows how much of a force they are in the playoffs. But before we dive into all of the NFC games, we're going to start off with the Baltimore Ravens uh, being the first AFC team to secure their place in the AFC Championship game with a 34-10 to 10 win over the Houston Texans. Sam, take it away.
1: Uh, I was very nervous during this game. I have to say, first half was tight. It was yeah. uh, especially, I mean, I think first quarter we managed really well. It was the second quarter where Texans were just stifling us mm-hmm. on the uh, offensively. I mean, like sending blitzes all the time. Like Lamar was just constantly under pressure. Um, FDT legend, Blake Cashman, he was giving me nightmares to tell you what, but um, I was just, I, I don't know. The Texans really impressed me with the way they came out and uh, came out firing in that game. But, you know, it was just a second half turnaround for us. We just completely dominated after that 24 points unanswered. The offense seemed to work out uh, how to fix what would been the problem in the second quarter. And, um, you know, it helps when you got the up there at QB, uh, you know, first player in history to have over 100 passing and rushing yards and two touchdowns yeah. thrown and rushed for. So, I think he just proved,
0: he proved that he was the MVP that game. Yeah. I, I really do believe that with the way that he came out that second half and, you, you know, he kind of came out in his press conference and said that he kind of rallied the team. He he got everyone in shape at halftime and it, it definitely proved that. He kind of set the standard, you know, straight off the bat. Uh, but I think it kind of just showed what he was able to do not only in the passing game but in the run game as well. I think, Huge credit to the Ravens' play design. It was an absolute joy to watch. I, I really do believe that. Um, with the designed runs, I think the, the the notable one where it was fourth, fourth and one, yeah, fourth and one. You know, the rollout. You've got Morgan Moses as the the league blocker. I thought that was a fantastic play design. Um, but it's credit to Lamar, also how well he played on the uh, against the blitz. Yeah. You know, he got sacked three times, but in his career, I think this was the best he's ever played against the blitz. Uh, you, you know, can he, see where he's grown this yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. He played. It, the Texans blitz on 75% of plays, which is absolutely mental, but yeah. that was obviously the only way that they could stop them. Uh, but in the, you know, in the second half, uh, 18 plays against the Blitz, he th- he completed 13 passes for 120 yards. Wow. I think that kind of sets the tone of how well you've played throughout the game if you are able to do that off the Blitz.
1: Yeah, I, and it helps. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I declared my love for Todd Munkin during that second half with the way that he <laughs> was drawing up plays for us. I mean, like all, all these years of Greg Roman being you know, he finalized regular season success, but really struggling in some of the bigger games we've had. And just seeing the way that Todd Munkin was just dialing up these incredible plays. I mean, that like we said the fourth and one, I I, I just you know, when you have a fourth down like that that you pick up with ease, you know, chunk yardage, mm-hmm. it's it's incredible to see. Um I was just so impressed. But I tell you what, we've talked about Lamar. Uh but he's not my Ravens MVP for this game. It's not Roquan who's leading the team in tackles It's not Zay Flowers who led the team receiving. It's the Ravens home crowd that are now, uh, I don't know if you saw, so four false starts we forced, one delay of game, that puts us on 18 false starts of the season and nine delay of games, we're both first in those categories. I mean, Ravens home crowd, really underrated and just showed out for what a big game.
0: Exactly, I mean, what the Texans had 11 penalties for 70 yards, so it proves how effective, you know one how well drilled that Ravens defense is to to force them penalties and then also you know the the input of the crowd and how effective they've they've been for for you especially what's going to be in uh, in a big AFC championship game against the Chiefs
1: I think overall though looking at the Texans you know this was a game that you know people hope I think there was a lot of people hoping for an underdog story out of it Mm -hmm. um you know they Realistically, they got battered in the second half. But I tell you what, this is a team that's going to come back so strong next year. I mean, they've got the team in such a good position. You've got a rookie quarterback that's playing like a top five quarterback at some Mm points in the season. You've got D'Amico Ryans, who genuinely needs to be considered for head coach of the year. Um and just like the way they've got that team rallying around, I mean, rallying around CJ and D'Amico's just got that uh, defense working so well. I mean, just looking at the linebackers, like I said, Blake Cashman was just playing incredible, but also Christian Harris. I mean, that guy was giving me nightmares in the first half. He was, he he was playing all over the field and his injury, I think was, you know, such a turning point in the game because those plays that he was off the field were when we were most successful and especially Lamar being able to get out of the pocket and break the uh, spy that they kept on him.
0: Yeah. I mean, we we've spoken about Lamar and how he's proved to be the MVP, but you know you look at Stroud and he's proved that he's going to be a future candidate for that award yeah. in, in in so many years.
1: To oh come, yeah, you know, if I had he's... money to put on it, I wouldn't be I wouldn't think twice about putting some yeah, money on Stroud's him to get MVP be next there. year. Like, that could be a good the return. only thing
0: that annoyed me with you know how how he performed is that right side of the line just let him down. I think the yeah. amount of times that crashed down, he had to roll out on his right, and you could see he wasn't too comfortable with that. Uh, I, uh, that just looked a bit frustrating. Um, Nico Collins, I uh, you know we've spoken about him loads this season, but he's proved that he's going to be like a you know a third round player in fantasy next yeah. year. He's 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 his go to target. the 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 numbers that he's put up this year, despite missing some games, is fantastic. And I think he's going to be a real weapon uh, for the Texans in the future. For a, a guy that was drafted what, in the actual third round a couple of years ago, he's kind of gone. You know, he hasn't had the, the supporting quarterback to help him throughout his career. Now he's got that. He's he's only going to get better from here on out. Um, but one final point that I kind of wanted to bring up was the time of possession Uh, we spoke about Tom Munkin and what he was able to dial up but it was actually how well he was able to control the game on offense uh, and just preventing the Texans from actually even stepping on the field I mean you almost had 40 minutes of time of possession which is an astounding number and you're almost guaranteed to win if that's going to happen but that was set from the, the you know right from the off, you had time of possession even in the first half, which is impressive uh, but to continue that in the way you did in the second half, you, you you were guaranteed the win from there.
1: As we're getting towards the end of the season as well, I, I think it's worth noting how well the Ravens' depth has stepped up this year I mean, obviously missing Marlon Humphrey for that game uh, Ronald Darby, he made a few big plays in the passing game, uh, taking on Nico Collins, like you're saying uh, but also Arthur Morlett, who we obviously brought in this year, one-year deal uh, very cheap as well, given his output he's had for us. I mean, playing in the slot for us, he's just been brilliant. He he He's covered guys well. He's made tackles in open field. And I think also we've got him on a few slot blitzes that he just always seems to get to the quarterback with, pressuring, getting sacks. Uh, he's just impressed me so much. And then looking at our running back room as well, obviously we lost Keaton Mitchell a few mm-hmm. weeks ago, and that was a huge blow for us. But, you know, Gus Edwards is still producing well on the short yardage plays. Justice Hill has really stepped up as well. I think he shows his ability as a third down back, really, like his receiving ability and the way he can pass block. But um, how about Dalvin Cook finally getting her, getting a few good touches for us? And he, he made the yeah. most of it, I think. He absolutely did. Uh, I think the run game is absolutely crucial for, for you
0: guys. I think that's what you've kind of got to lean on going into next week. We know that's where the Chiefs have been struggling to, yeah, get, they've been giving up the main yardage from the run game. Uh, it's annoying to see how the Texans just aborted their run game. I know, obviously, the, the Ravens' defense is so strong and the defensive line is fantastic. But just to completely abort uh, the run game was kind of frustrating to watch. I feel like if they were able to, I mean, what, they only had about four, 40 yards in total from Russian well yeah matches. it was
1: 38 from the texans and 229 from the ravens i think that
0: you know when it's going to be like that that kind of sums up the game yeah uh yeah and it's, it's frustrating to watch we i mentioned how bad that right hand side of the line was but that's kind of the result of uh, a poor run game you know you're going to generate pressure when you've got no run game you know it's going to be a pass rush every single time rather than setting the edge um, and that, that was the result of that Now, having spoken about all the pressure that was created on that right-hand side, the Ravens were still unable to muster up a sack. Uh, Are you a bit worried about that for next week?
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I I think we'll struggle to get a sack on Mahomes anyway, the way he's able to move around in the pocket and, uh, you know, that Chiefs over the line. Obviously, the Chiefs are missing Joe Tooney next week, uh, potentially. I mean, it's... Not confirmed yet, but it's looking very likely, which is a huge blow for them, especially with Madabike BK up the middle and guys like uh, Michael Pierce and Broderick Washington pushing up through the uh, through the interior line. So, hopefully, we can make some more make some more plays in the fast rush next week.
0: I think that's what let the Bills down so much this week is the lack of pressure they got on my homes, and that's the reason that I kind of made the note. I was a bit obviously, you know, it's a, it's a rookie quarterback. You expect to get a few sacks on him. Right? Yeah, and we know how good Stroud is, but still, you want to be cre- creating pressure, especially in your own stadium. You know, you're coming up against probably the one of the most elusive quarterbacks of evading that while in the pocket. Um, so pressure's got to come from somewhere. Clowney's got to step up big time next week. So we'll just have to wait and see how you, how how you bowed against the the Kansas City Chiefs. Looking forward to it. It's going to be a slightly good one. nervous. But looking forward to it. <laughs> But before we get into that matchup of the Bills and Chiefs, we're going to dive into the Packers versus the 49ers in what was an exciting game of both teams going back and forth. It wasn't quite one-sided as as we expected, but the Packers definitely held their weight.
1: No, this is an incredible game. I, I really enjoyed it, actually. The Saturday night, I had a few friends over, one of which is a Packers fan and the other is a Niners fan. So I got to enjoy them <laughs> two going back and forth. Um, really enjoyed the game. I, I, I think the Packers... You know, they've showed what they're about. It's not a fluke team. That 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 game against the Cowboys wasn't a fluky win at all. Um, you know, they can really produce when they need to. Aaron Jones, I mean, that man's on 100-yard game after 100-yard game. What was that six well. straight now, I think? Yeah. Just incredible from him. Uh, Jordan Love, I thought, I thought he played pretty well. The stat sheet doesn't look great with the two interceptions, but... Um, you know, the first one was off the tip drill. Mm-hmm. It's the last one that just shocked me. Uh, we, just we, we, we've spoken me. about
0: how the Packers are going to have three Hall of Fame quarterbacks in a row. But how much did Jordan Love look like Brett Favre there? Obviously, <laughs> Brett Favre did it when he was at the Vikings, but rolling out right, throwing it across body to the left-hand side of the field, the one rule as a yeah. quarterback, which you don't do, and it results in another Dre Greenlaw pick.
1: The thing for me is, I, I just we, we've had an entire season, pretty much, of safe Jordan Love play. Yeah. You know, he doesn't turn the ball over. He he comes out of, every time the Packers win. He's guaranteed to have a high passer rating because he's efficient. He's safe with the ball, and you know, it was first down. He had timeouts. Like obviously, they're a bit pressed for time, but there's absolutely no need to be doing that. And yeah. it just completely baffled me. Where like just complete lapse in judgment, and I just I couldn't believe what I was watching. I didn't. It just doesn't seem to me like the sort of player to take that sort of risk, and I just couldn't believe it happened.
0: I think the best, you know, the the, the best way to show that is how surprised the players were on the sideline of Jordan Love throwing that pick. Yeah. You saw Christian Watson literally was gobsmacked on the sideline. He didn't, he didn't move. He didn't say a word. He just had his jaw dropped. It, it, it's agonizing to see because you've held, you know, you've held the punches with the the best in the league. Yeah, they've proved to be, you know, an absolute powerhouse. Uh, and to be fair I do believe that the Packers lost that game rather than the 49ers winning it there were so many missed opportunities they had uh, we could talk about the the fourth down right at the start of the game you know yeah. just, Jordan Love has been terrible on the quarterback sneak this, this season uh, obviously had the 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 Blunder against the Falcons, of course. He, yeah, <laughs> didn't get the ball and decided to run <laughs> into his guard this time, uh, just struggling to get you know, get through the uh, 49ers defensive line. On the subject of that sneak, did you think it was first down? No, it wasn't a first down. You don't think, yeah, no, I don't think it was a first down. You could see that he, he kind of stops short, his head is over the line, but yeah. the ball isn't, which is annoying. Yeah. You've got to, you've got to reach out. The The spot is where the ball is, and it, I mean, it's, it is close, but
1: I still. I, because I felt like it was a bad spot from the refs. Yeah. To be honest, could, I, th- I think it was close. I don't know whether it was a first. Well, or you half. saw
0: the you saw the uh, the line judge run down, yeah. and as he's running down, he is over the line, yeah. and then he kind of runs backwards, uh, uh, yeah. and the well, spots short. I,
1: I seem to remember. Yeah, they they had one coming from the top of the screen, one yeah, from the bottom it was the of the top screen, of the just screen. in completely different yeah. places, and it was a bit like that. That's what frustrates. Like I've said this to you so many times before, we have so much technology in this league, <laughs> so much technology but that's in where the, the world, challenge has to come and up. we bring in chain gang mm-hmm. i don't i don't like i i, I think that's where i think Lafler it's very dated and i think so yeah, yeah I think he does. But again it's it's the what was it the first quarter
0: of a an nfc divisional matchup you're yeah. not you will kind of want to save a challenge exactly, just okay any, if yeah. anything happens further down the line so i can't really put the blame on matt Lafleur. i think yeah like you said the spot is annoying but from yeah it's it it, it still didn't look like he kind of made it, it mm-hmm. it's from where he can you know. If you look at forward progress, he kind of stops right behind that left guard, and he just doesn't make any progress for a while, and then kind of leans over. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean that's obviously one missed opportunity. There was the missed field goal. Uh, there was the obviously the the first pick, which was the tip drill. Um,
1: I mean, they could have had an interception of their own, couldn't they, the Packers? Yeah. They uh one thrown right to him and. I don't know how he's dropped that and that would have been a huge turning point I mean absolutely I think with the missed picks the obviously the field goal miss
0: I think it kind of came down with how they weren't as efficient on third down as they probably like to be I think second down Green Bay were fantastic yeah. The chunk plays there was getting second down was was kind of the way they were able to to stay in the game um but yeah just missed opportunities you know it it kind of was there was their flaw that game uh Additionally, with is the the open field tackling for Green Bay. That secondary yeah. is 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 a weak spot for them, and I think that that was definitely pointed out in this week's game. Um, but I mean, the two big plays from McCaffrey, the two touchdowns, is what. Is what is the worrying point? You know, you've got to secure them tackles. I mean, there's there's twice that you could have stopped him on the first one, and then the second one. There's the safety that comes down and just can't quite make the tackle. That just sums up the game, really. You're not going to be able to come back from giving up two easy touchdowns like that, and what should be stopped. You know, maybe at the down mark, the down marker.
1: I tell you what, Brock Purdy deserves some uh, credit for that. Uh, the I think it was the second CMC touchdown, wasn't it? Yeah. Where um, you can see the play design was for Kittle to motion across to the left side of the line. And he you hear him shout, uh, uh, Kittle, stay there. You he see he the play tells him to go. Yeah. And Purdy says, no, stay, stay, stay. And then snaps it on. Like
0: one. I much, mean, it I is zero. You yeah, see yeah. The, oh, it was yeah, zero, yeah, wasn't it? Zero has yeah. come up. So he does so well to do that. And I think that's what Purdy has done so well all season, just putting them in the right positions when they need to be. Well, this is the
1: thing. Everyone likes to talk about how, you know, people a lot of people don't rate him as a top 5 quarterback because he doesn't have whether it's like high end speed or yeah. yeah exactly it's it's the fact that this is a guy who you know he's a field general at the end of the day for for a second year he really knows how to operate that offense and he knows how to read the defense and i think he needs respect in the those sort of metrics
0: yeah absolutely
1: i like the uh, the point you made earlier about the Packers losing the game as opposed to the Niners winning it because it, it's really a sh- it's a shame because when you sort of see statistically, uh, you know the Packers only had one penalty to the Niners six. Uh, they actually won time of possession. They only punted it once all game, yeah. and it was just they it, played it, they played a very efficient they, game. The game plan was fantastic. Mm-hmm. They 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 controlled the clock. They they got the run game going with Aaron Jones. Jordan Love had open receivers. You know, and it's just. It's just these little things in playoff games. You you've got to be perfect. And like we said, the missed kick. I mean, obviously Jake Moody missed a kick of his yeah, own, didn't is. he? But um you know, it's just those little those little things, dropped interceptions, missed kicks and it just gets <laughs> I th- you. I
0: think when you compare the both teams, obviously Green Bay was so effective on second down but the 49ers were so effective on third down. Yeah. And I think if you'd rather be more effective on one or the other, you'd rather be effective on third down, you know, extending the drives. Whereas Green Bay, obviously, they, they touched, both touchdowns came off second down. Um, the way they were, they generated most first downs was on second down. But when it came to third down, they were constantly in third and long. You look at the first pick, that came off, what, third and 11. There was too many times when they were putting themselves in bad situations when they didn't need to be, and in the end, that's what killed them off.
1: I think for a game with two teams that, you know, have so many star players, the, the Niners obviously have a very stacked roster. Packers have guys like Aaron Jones, Jair Alexander. Um, I thought it was actually the role players that stepped up. and yeah. I thought that was really interesting seeing like, so obviously Debo Samuel left the game early. Juwan Jennings, I thought, played really well stepping up for him. You know, five catches, 61 yards, but it was, it was big conversions. It seemed yeah. like every time he was catching the ball, it was a first down. Um, and then looking at the Packers as well how about my boy Bo Melton Bo Melton, who uh, we talked about a few weeks, weeks ago didn't well. we yeah we talked about him a few weeks ago getting signed off the practice squad after a big game and yeah he gets that touchdown and I, I want to say that was great play design as well you know you love seeing a guy that wide open in the but red zone also
0: the way that Love sold it yeah. I think it's got to give credit you know the pump fake to to the flat on the right hand side and then obviously having you know the the two DBs crash down to the flat you know like you say, great play design but the QB has to sell it so credit yeah. to Love in that like you said how well both teams have been built up the Niners are so built to win now but you look at the Packers they're they're built up so well for the future they've got what, what is the youngest roster to ever make the playoffs or something crazy like that um it's all credit to to what they've been able to do but if Jordan Love's able to continue the relationship with these receivers you look how many players caught a ball this week it's it's quite astounding how many players they can get involved and how you know young guys like Bo Melton are stepping up and making plays they're only going to be right back there in the future which is which is so good to see and then the 49ers ready to win now they've got players stepping up when they need to it shows in the run blocking it's it's fantastic and what they're able to do on offense is, is is brilliant to watch so i i really do believe they'll probably make the super bowl um and it's going it's going to be one hell of a matchup
1: yeah i i the niners are built for a super bowl aren't they
0: yeah, absolutely. And I think it's it's credit to what John Lynch has done and the players that he's brought in. You know, there's only one that that's kind of a question mark and that's Chase Young who probably hasn't done
1: anything yeah, well, since signing. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a good point you make because I I think the fact that the Packers held that Niners front to zero sacks is so good. I mean, we talked you you talked about the Ravens not getting any sacks against the Texans, but like I think this is bigger because absolutely. the the Niners you sat with Nick Bosa uh, Eric have Holmes, on hard, yeah, yeah, yeah it's
0: big players on that defensive line. And to get no sacks is, is astounding.
1: Next up, we're going to move on to the other NFC game that determined the Detroit Lions the, Lions, the brand new Lions, are on their way to the NFC Championship for the first time in their history. Mm-hmm. Incredible. I, 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 What what can we even imagine, say about imagine that? Imagine
0: saying that two years ago, that the Lions are being an NFC Championship Yeah, game.
1: having you've got the second overall pick. Yeah. You're picking Aiden Hutchinson and you're going to turn it around that Aiden Hutchinson,
0: I saw a great stat of his what he's done to each team. So he he bought he went to Michigan when they had like a losing record, yeah, and left them as they had. So since he joined, they had a winning record. They started the win streak against Ohio State. Great turnaround for them. And now he's joined the Lions. Obviously, had the the first year of kind of rebuilding, but had a great run towards the end of that season. Yeah. And now this year, now in an NFC Championship game, which is crazy.
1: And I tell you what, like I I think the Rams game was very tough. I I felt like they were always going to win this game against the bucks you know it was only an eight point game at the end yeah. baker was given a chance to go down the field and tie it up but i i just feel like this lions team they, there's just something about them that you just have so much confidence that they're winning going to win games absolutely I, I i just really feel like you know there's been games this season where they've they've gone in and they haven't looked their best and and they have lost those games but you get every now and then they just put in a performance, which is like this team isn't losing. They don't know how to lose.
0: Yeah, I I, I do feel like that. What Ford, Ford field has been able to do for them in these yeah. last two games has been massive. Um, and being in the Motor City, you know, it's kind of written for them to go on this playoff run this year. I just hope that they still have the same momentum going into the into San Francisco. I feel like it's it's going to be very tough. It's going to be completely different. But if you massively. look at the way that they behaved at the start of the season against the Kansas City Chiefs, I think if they go in the exact same mindset they run the ball, you know, what they've been able to do running the ball this season has just been electric, you know, the way they've been able to get two players involved with Montgomery and Gibbs. I mean, Gibbs looks like a completely different player than what we saw the first six. we were worried the first 6 weeks in our group chat. We were like, "Oh, this guy isn't, you know, he's not the guy. He's he's kind of struggling." Everyone but, was
1: saying it was always a draft pick, It was, they? but
0: he's just turned, I mean, that game against the Bucks, he was just, I mean, electric, you know, nine carries, 74 yards, but... He had the, the big the big chunk on the the touchdown where he just looked... He, he looked ex- so explosive, which was brilliant to watch. And he's really turned into a player that we expect to lead the line for them for many years to come. But having Montgomery as that power back is just is such a good compliment to them. And what I really liked that Detroit did when they, they got down to the fourth and goal, uh, instead of obviously kicking the field goal on fourth and one, you expect them to go for it. They're so aggressive, but aren't they? It, it is. But instead of bringing in Gibbs and Montgomery, who have probably tired after a long drive, you bring in a fresh guy like Reynolds, who is just going to give it absolutely everything yeah. to get across the line? I just like that. I, you don't have to always go with your, your go-to guys in that situation. Bringing a guy that's completely fresh, just so he's definitely going to give it all, pushing over the line.
1: And that's exactly why these guys love Dan Campbell because Craig Reynolds probably didn't play what twenty percent of snaps that game, exactly. And you know he's going to be given his shot, and he's going to go make the most of it mm-hmm. because, like, they're all just bought into this culture. You know, they're they're rallying around Campbell and. You, like you say, we talk about Gibbs and Monty, but having a third guy come in and be the guy to get the touchdown, yeah. I thought well, that's awesome.
0: you got to give credit as well to those receivers as well. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, Amon Ross Brown is is proven to be the, the go-to guy there, but also Sam Laporte is, he's, hes Mr. Reliable for Jared Goff. I think they've built a great connection. We look at some of the great quarterback tight end duos. I mean, this could be one for the future. It really could be.
1: Yeah, it really can. I mean, especially for a guy who's you know, I to me, every time I see him catch the ball and get tackled, I always worry that he's hurt because yeah. he just he does look slow to get up a lot, doesn't yeah, he? He's he does. definitely playing through a lot of pain. But man, he's he's showing some toughness. He's really pushing his way through and, you know, leading the team receptions is huge. And, you know, on the topic of Amon Ra, you know, aside from your guys like Tyreek Hill and Justin Jefferson, you know, these these like top of the game receivers. I don't know anyone more consistent than him. I, I really think 10. that. Yeah, absolutely.
0: I mean, he's so good to watch. That that touchdown right at the end was a fantastic yeah. catch, and I think he's just proved to be, you know, that understated guy that just doesn't get enough respect around the oh, league yeah. of how good he is. He, what he put up, fourteen hundred yards this year, and I felt yeah. like it's just gone completely under the radar of what he's been able to do.
1: We talked about uh Aiden Hutchinson leading the line on the defence, but let's talk about Brian Branch as well. I mean, this is a guy who led the team in tackles this game, had the sack, and obviously it was his pressure that caused that uh Mayfield interception at the end.
0: I think it also proves
1: just what
0: what they've been able to do in the, the in both draft classes oh had yeah. Detroit I think you know Brian Branch was a guy that was meant to go in the late first round they were able to pick him up in in the second round and he's probably one of the steals of the draft he really is he's been playing out, out of his mind these last couple of weeks um and you know against the against the Bucks that proved it he got the sack but then also the big pressure at the end of the game on Baker so
1: he won't be considered for defensive rookie of the year but he's definitely, he definitely uh, with that yeah. chart. He's, he's one of those guys that. I don't think he'll get it, but Manny needs some recognition because he's just played brilliantly Absolutely. this season.
0: I think we've got to give credit as well to, to Bucks and what they were able to do. If we look at the first half of line, you know, the the... the you know, the first half ended uh, 10-10. Baker had a great yeah. drive towards the end of the game. What, 15 seconds left with a touchdown to K-Dotten? And, um, and that, that set up, I thought, that you know, we've got an all-timer on here. But I, it turned into a grudge match. Yeah. I think is, is it was battle of the defences. And it was until, you know, the Lions kind of broke out and played the offense that we expected them to play is, is you know, they had the, the long the long drive which led to the Craig Reynolds touchdown uh, where they were able just to, you know, pick up kind of time of possession which they didn't have in the first half. And that gives credit to... The way this whole game plan was run, I really do believe that the Lions just came out of that second half guns blazing. They knew exactly what they wanted to do, uh, and they kind of had the Bucks number. You know, it, it kind of came to two two failed drives from the Bucks. Is is kind of what resulted in it. Um, the one between when uh, the the one between Jameer Gibbs's touchdown and then obviously right at the end with the the pick to kind of seal it. That kind of right off the game.
1: Yeah, I I really thought that the bucks are going to make it interesting towards the end though that uh mm-hmm. that really quick drive down to uh, get the mike evans touchdown i mean uh, we obviously uh, we had some people who were just sort of they saw the uh, detroit take the two score lead and they were like that's game over but baker came out and said no we're still going and i was then, surprised i yeah. was very
0: surprised like i was one of the thought right game over as soon as uh, momra scored um but that's just it, 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 that's baker's attitude isn't it Yeah. You know? yeah. he's never going to give up he's going to go to the very last play i feel um, like
1: he's uh, it seems so harsh not to give him comeback player of the year I know huh?
0: I know I really do believe that he deserves it with what he's been able to do for that team uh, and you know a big win against the Eagles and how well he played last week yeah. I think that kind of confirmed that he well he deserved it um, and even this week you know he's still fighting back and he's still got so many critics for the way that he performs oh yeah
1: but, I mean the two um, picks aren't great but 349 yards and three touchdowns exactly. that's a that's a stat line
0: I mean uh, he he played so so well and it's it's quite frustrating to see because I really wanted Baker to go on this historic run and, and you know, kind of win it all. But yeah. <laughs> it just wasn't wasn't to be this week. Uh, but I, there's one thing that kind of confused me about the game was, I don't know if you saw it, but right at the end with the timeout. So obviously the, the, the Lions kneeled early towards the end of the game, which kind of left 36 seconds on the clock. And the Bucks had a timeout. Now if they call timeout there... You give him Baker less. I mean, it was would have been like a fifty-yard field. It was goal, a long field goal, which yeah. Which would have been the Lions kicker's record for that season. He yeah. hasn't hit one longer than forty-five or something like that. So why not force him to to hit the field goal? And if he nails it, yeah, fair enough, it's game over. But if not, you've got great field position to try and go down the field. Oh yeah, the way until the pick, the way Baker was driving, if he can muster up one of them quick drives like he did for the Mike Evans touchdown we could have been in for one of the best end endings to a uh a divisional round
1: it really was a I mean I I saw a lot of the fallout about it and I, I there was a lot of confusion over it because I think some people were saying that maybe it was a broadcast error and they didn't use that timeout but um I think they did have the timeout they in did. the pocket didn't they yeah. so I, I mean I, I saw I saw the uh Bucks head coach say that they pretty much conceded the game at that point Yeah. But- I don't know. I I think, yeah, I think they should have been taking a, that time yeah, out. top balls
0: blunder. I think he yeah. probably didn't realise he had a timeout. But
1: I, I also think
0: the Lions might have not thought that they had an eight-point lead. They might have thought it might have been a bit more. Yeah. And they've just gone, right, two quick kneels and that's game over. Mm. Instead of, you know, making sure we're taking a kneel on one second on the play clock.
1: We sort of mentioned him a minute ago, but, um, you know, this will be the last time we get to talk about FTT legend Mike Evans. <laughs> who We've gone on about all season. We've been so impressed with all season. And although they couldn't win, you know, he went out with a bang, didn't he? I mean, how about that? 147 yards in the touchdown. He just looked dominant.
0: For a guy that got kind of written off at the start of the year. I mean, this was this has been a statement, statement uh, season for him. It really yeah. has been. And He kind of topped it off with probably his performance of the season uh what almost what 150 yards a touchdown to go along with it almost ten catches uh if if Mike Evans is going to perform at that level in the playoffs uh towards the end of his career he's gonna be wanted by so many teams in this offseason. I think he could be up there with one of the premier guys again the, the these big contracts. And we're talking about a guy that's what thirty years old, thirty one years old now. He's drafting what, twenty fourteen? So this this guy's he's got such an impressive resume. He oh, really yeah. does.
1: And I think you think about the Buccaneers, if they want to set, you know, a foundation for this offense, you know, it, it, it's funny how usually when teams have sort of have a rebuilding, rebuilding offense, they might go young QB, yeah. you know, that sort of route, but take the old guy, Mike Evans, take the old guy in Baker and just, just let yourself, you know, they've got in-house players. They don't need to go out and find new players. You know, I, I don't, as much as I like Chris Godwin, I don't think, you know, they could survive with him. It was why we was one maybe, but, I don't think they should be I'm looking to move on from I'd Mike I'd love Evans. to have
0: been in like a Bucks meeting at the start of the season where they probably went, right. Well, at the end of the season, we'll sign Baker to this small deal, and then next year we might draft a, a quarterback for the future. Yeah. We've got Mike Evans whose contract's running out. We'll probably see him off at the end of the season. Well, the season's over now. You're gonna have to pay Baker Mayfield about 30 million. Yeah. Mike Evans absolutely deserves a massive contract yeah. from what he's been able to do f- just for that team, and. If, if I'm the Bucks, I don't want Mike Evans to leave. So now you've got what seemed to be a very cheap offseason to be one of the most expensive <laughs> yeah. in your history.
1: <laughs> I can see a lot of pushback between them two, though, because I, I feel like Mike Evans is going to want a lot of money. Yeah. And I think the classic uh, NFL franchise hatred against aging players, mm-hmm. it, it, especially at wide receiver where, you know, they don't have such a steep age decline as running backs do, but how many, you know, of the top wide receivers, you know, really keep that strong after they hit 30 years of age I mean while he's deserving of a big contract I think Mike Evans I just have this feeling that the Bucks are not going to be so willing to fork out big time for him
0: I think it's he's kind of in that situation where the Bucks will only offer him about a two-year deal it'll be very similar to what Odell got. you know the the 15 million pound 15 million pound we're in America here (laughs) 15 million dollars uh, for two years, for, for a guy that's, you know, over 30, he's going to be, what, 33 by the time the contract ends. That's when you expect a wide receiver to probably retire. Yeah, you know, it's very rare that you see a wide receiver gone for that long. So, But you look across the league, players like Cooper Cup, who's getting big deals, Devontae Adams, you know, who's probably going to be seeking a trade this offseason. He'll be getting big money as well. So, you know, these older receivers are still going to be making big, big bucks this offseason.
1: Moving on to the final game from what's been an incredible divisional round weekend. Uh, It's a matchup that has, you know, been huge rivalry the last few years. And it's the Bills and the Chiefs. They meet in the playoffs once again and the script stays the same. Chiefs take this one 27-24. You know, th- this was the year the Chiefs weren't going to make the AFC Championship yeah. and they've done it again. I-, I I, can't believe it. Patrick Mahomes proves it on the road. He's able to get that that win that everyone
0: kind of said, you know, this is the game that you're going to lose. It's, it's always going to be a tough, go- a tough place to go in Buffalo in weather that's, you know, not favourable for them. But Patrick Mahomes just comes out and plays absolutely unreal. I mean, the way that he played off the blitz or the supposed blitz from the the Buffalo Bills was fantastic. I just felt there was no quarterback pressure all game long. And against Patrick Mahomes, if you do that, you just know he's going to dissect the defense. And he did exactly that.
1: And it helps that the uh, run game was so strong as well. I mean, Isaiah Pacheco was running really well. You know, 6.5 yards per carry, 97 yards a touchdown. Uh, even when Clyde Edwards-Hilaire came in, he had broke off a big run. So, you know, these guys were producing and Travis Kelsey, for a guy who's, you know, there's been talked that this is, well, I mean, realistically, this is one of the worst seasons he's had. Yeah. It's still been a very, very good season. That's by, just by his standards, it's been, you know, less than we've seen the last few years. But, you know, he's come to play this playoffs, you know, five catches, 75 yards, two touchdowns. I I think this Chiefs team, oh my gosh, I can't remember the last time we looked at Chiefs team and thought, they're vulnerable, they're, they're, they're not making it far in the playoffs, and then they get to the playoffs and they just turn it up to another level like they have done.
0: I just think the identity of the Chiefs have changed massively. You know, yeah. we looked at the Chiefs in the past and how they moulded their team around that offence and having that high-flying, explosive offence, West Coast, let's throw the ball about loads and maybe run on you know, third and short when need be. Uh, but this time it's just, you know, let's go the polar opposite. Let's go, let's build our defence. We've got one of the best corners in the league and Ligeris Snead gave up his first touchdown but to be fair that was the best throw I've seen probably all season I'll get on to that Um, you know Nick Bolton who's a fantastic linebacker. Willie Gay, obviously he missed a bit of time, but he was brilliant all game. You've got Chris Jones who's obviously just got the big money, but he's he's leading that defensive line. It's just that that profile's changed. They've not been known for having a defense. It's just now that that Chiefs is going to they're going to play off the defense, get in good field field position and then put Patrick Mahomes where he needs to be and he can just dissect. And I think that's all the Chiefs need to do now. Um and they they're a real force to be reckoned with. They really are. As for the Bills, it's just <sighs> they've missed their window it's yeah. annoying to say but they've missed it uh I feel massively for Josh Allen because at the start of that game he put the team on the back uh, on his back and I thought wow they're just gonna they're gonna run with Josh Allen they're gonna throw with Josh Allen they're just gonna go everything with him and then when Willie Gay got injured I thought it's game over Josh Allen, you know because he was the spy for Josh Allen I thought it was game over from there
1: yeah I mean it, he's shown his uh his ability with his legs all year and yeah, they, they just seemed to sort of move away from it, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a shame because the, the the run game was what was so effective, especially with him, you know, the way he was getting out of the pocket, he was making plays with his legs. Um, and, yeah, they've moved to this passing game. I mean, we, we've got to talk about Stephon Diggs, you know, three receptions, 21 yards. It, it, it's not great, I, th- I think. This is a guy who has been incredible the last few years. He's been such a big part of what the Bills have been so successful with. But, you know, the latter half of this year, he just, he's just pretty much disappeared for them. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they're lucky. A guy who stepped up and someone who's just really impressed me the last few weeks is Khalil Shakir. You know, he had seven receptions, 44 yards in the touchdown. And I I, I saw a stat this morning. Um, over the last 10 Bills games, Shakir's had 462 yards off 37 targets. Diggs has had... 422 yards off 80 targets Mm. and I think just you know Khalil Shakir's big play ability I mean we saw against the Steelers he had like a what what are they the NFL next gen stats had that like a 0.6% chance of that touchdown or something stupid like that Um, and you know his just ability after the catch is incredible and I think I I just want to ask you what do you think the Bills uh, go with Stephon Diggs from here? (sighs) I still think they'll keep Stephon Diggs for next season
0: what surprises me is, I know Khalil Shakir's been fantastic, but do you feel like the Bills have missed Gabe Davis? I know that's kind of crazy to say, but we've kind of hated on Gabe Davis for a long time, especially in our group chat. But I just feel like they missed that reliable guy to go to on, on third down. And Khalil Shakir was fantastic making the big plays, especially the I mean the touchdown is, was fantastic. But I just felt like they, they needed that other go-to guy, and especially when Stefan Diggs wasn't there. Stephon Diggs was doubled for. I think it was like eighty percent of plays back. Really. which was the re- probably the reason why Shakir was open so much. But I yeah. feel like if if it was they were able to go out three wide, have Shakir in the slot and Gabe Davis on the outside, I feel like that could have been a way more explosive offense than what we saw, you know, Sunday night.
1: Yeah, I th- I think you make a good point because especially when you've got such a good wide receiver one who's being taken out of the game by double teams, you need a second guy to step up. Yeah. And if you're having to, if your second guy is actually your third guy. You know, it's it's what's making it difficult for that offense. Um, and I'd never really thought about it like that. I think you're right. I think Gabe Davis is, is you know, it, it, he's been disrespected a lot this season for what, for the most part, has been some quite subpar play from him. Yeah. But um, it's he maybe is the type of guy that when he's missing from that offense, you actually really notice it. Another thing that I want to talk about is
0: the cap space hits for the Bills and especially Josh Allen. Uh, if we look at this career and how well, where they've actually got to, so in 2019, it was 5 million, and they got to the wild card. 2020 was 6 million hit, and he got to the conference championship. Uh, and then for 2021 to 2023, it was about you know 10 to 20 million each year. Uh, but next season, the hit is 50 million. Wow. So the Buffalo Bills are in a very sticky situation yeah. uh, coming up. Uh, it just depends what they do, who they cut. Now, I think an obvious cut is Von Miller. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because he has done absolute... Bank robbery. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) fair play to him. I think, what did he get? It was like three million a tackle he got this year, which is crazy numbers. Um, But, I mean, they've got some real moves to make. They've got a lot of money on defence that they're going to have to move and it's kind of worrying, that's why I I kind of started this segment with saying, you know, that Super window is probably over, they're going to have to ride on Josh Allen a bit more but with the way that he was able to play in that first half, I think they'll still be in contention with you know, getting in the playoffs and probably even making a deep run Um, but, you know, when you've got the quarterback on cheap money you want to make you want to make the most of them runs but you've fallen at the division around 3 years in a row you had your shot at the conference championship and couldn't make it due to a coin toss you know it's 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 a very thin line for the bills it really is
1: the thing is as well if you see the teams that the bills have beaten while Josh Allen has been there for the, like for the playoffs you know that they've lost what what are they owen is it owen four against mahomes yeah. and burrow but the teams they've beaten have been you know the skylar thompson led miami you had the ravens who were missing Lamar from the third quarter. You had uh the Mason Rudolph Steelers last week. Mm-hmm. I mean, i I don't I, I feel like it's easy. this these are the sort of hypotheticals that you know, that's just the way the seeding is, especially yeah. this year. I mean, they played the Mason Rudolph Steelers because they secured that two seed and that's fair play to them. But um, you know, they've got to win these big games and it's tough, especially, you know, you'd now get the Chiefs in your own stadium. This was, you know, it was written in the stars, this was the oh. one where they finally Get over the Chiefs' hump and just you know put the game away. Yeah, it's it's annoying.
0: I I I really see comparisons to Brady Manning with with Mahomes and uh, and uh, Allen. Yeah, which is annoying to see because you know Mahomes is like Brady. He's had the success early on, um, and every time they faced each other in the playoffs, Mahomes has always had Allen's number. And I really thought that this time, you know, Allen was Allen had the home field advantage like Peyton did in two thousand six. Uh, in the AFC Championship game, I thought, you know, that was probably what, it was probably the closest AFC Championship game that's ever happened that that 2006 one. And I thought, you know, it, this is very similar. It's just annoying that it went the, in the in the favor of Patrick Mahomes rather than Josh Allen. I thought this was the time he was going to beat him, and this was the time that Josh Allen might have gone on to to you know hoist of Lombardi but it wasn't meant to be I feel like the only way that's going to happen now is for them to host you know be the one seed host every yep. playoff game have every everything go
1: their way for, for Josh Allen to get that which ring. is going to be hard to do in a division that's going to have the in, flying dolphins and Aaron <laughs> Rodgers back next season. it's going to be so tough I mean
0: it, it's like like we said with the cap space it's only going to get harder from here it, they're going to have to do some massive restructuring to that contract to, to avoid a 50 million cap hit next season just to keep some of the guys if they want to make another run. Uh, they're, they're just in a very, very tough situation, the Bills.
1: It's kind of, I found it kind of ironic that um, after all the talk of the Bills having the home advantage and the weather conditions, uh, that it was actually the weather conditions that I felt made them miss that field mm-hmm. goal. I mean, obviously it, was, it kind of looked like it was going right anyway, but you could really see the wind push that ball yeah. wide right. And, you know, all the talk of Bills' home advantage and Chiefs not being able to deal with the weather conditions, it felt like cruel irony that, that the reason the Bills couldn't tie up the game from that field yeah, goal. I, I feel for Tyler Bassman. Yeah, man. it's I tough. I hard. it's so hard. It, it's, I, I think, you know, some people like to say that, you know, kickers do one thing and that's kick. But when you're kicking in these sorts of conditions, it is not easy. It's not. It's not. Uh, you know, 40, 50 yards these guys are doing. And he drilled one earlier in yeah. the game, didn't he? Absolutely. He, he was, I mean, I, I think one of the PATs you saw, he put his foot, through that thing like he he really had to force it into the into the goalpost because mm-hmm. you know the wind was having such an effect on the ball but yeah it, it's tough that you know when it comes down to these big moments these last minute kicks and you know you fall short it's, it's really tough to take for the Bills and I, I think it's just like we've said it a million times. The fact that it was against the Chiefs just makes it hurt even more.
0: What's even more ironic about you know it being against the Chiefs is do you know that the Bills traded the pick for Mahomes? Yeah, I, I, saw I only remembered that, remember this week. that yeah. and seeing, a, seeing a TikTok at the end of the week. I completely forgot. They got yeah. three bo- Pro Bowlers in that exchange. Oh, yeah. I think it was Tradavis White, Tremaine Edmonds, who doesn't play for them anymore, and Matt Milano. Yeah. And you think, it, it, imagine if I said that. Like I traded the first round pick but got three pro bowlers out of it I would be buzzing yeah. but on the other side is Patrick Mahomes yeah. you, you imagine if getting that's...
1: three bowl, pro bowlers and still losing the trade and I, I love the idea of thinking about that trade straight up now like who would you rather have would you rather have the quarterback that might be one of the greatest of all time when it's said and done or would you have these three you know pillars like the pillars of defence yeah. aren't they and Obviously I think you would choose the quarterback but it's tough because it's crazy how it's it's folded out in that way. The way the way that hindsight draft hindsight is a killer, man. It is an absolute killer because because those three players are incredible but it's Patty Mahomes. Mahomes I think think the Bills, as much as they love Josh Allen, you know, they might want Patrick Mahomes on this team instead.
0: Uh, last kind of talking point that I want to bring up is uh, Sean McDermott now it's been so many times where he's had the shot to to, to take this team to the Super Bowl uh, do you believe that it's time for the Bills to move on from Sean McDermott or do you think they stick with him
1: this feels a lot like the Mike McCarthy situation yeah. we had last week uh, you know I, I think it's hard to axe a guy that you know the postseason success hasn't been there but the regular season success has yeah. and you know at some point you do have to move on from that potentially but I, I think we saw obviously they had early season struggles with the Bills, didn't yeah. they and uh, a lot of that came down to the offensive play calling they obviously changed to uh Ken Dorsey was it mm-hmm. um mid season and who did like a much better job and you know it's these sort of things when you think about some of the games they gave up early season you know they could have been the one seed really they if if things had fallen differently so um it, it it's tough i think i think McDermott You know, it's easy to say that he hasn't had the postseason success and Bills should move on. But I think I'm going to use the exact same quote that I used last week and say it could be much worse. Absolutely. uh, It really could be. If I was the Bills, I wouldn't be wanting to move on just yet.
0: Right. Let's move on to our prediction. Sam, this year we've gone from predicting 16 games a week, but this week we're only going to predict two games. It is now time for the championship weekend, but we're going to start off with the Ravens versus the Chiefs. Sam with a little bit of bias this week, who are you gonna go for?
1: Oh, it's a shock, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> I've got to back my boys, but I tell you what, this is gonna be I just think this is gonna be an incredible game. I mean, I, I said to you a minute ago, uh, how the you know, the Ravens have had eleven wins this year against teams that were above five hundred mm-hmm. and um nine of those were two score games and I do not think this will be a 10th game. If we win it, I don't think it will be above two scores. I think this is going to be a really tight one. I'd love to see, you know, I'm very interested to see how our defence is able to handle Mahomes. And, you know, Travis Kelsey, it seems like every time he plays the Ravens, he goes off. So how are we going to be able to keep him in check? You know, it'll be a really good matchup for guys like Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith. I mean, Patrick Queen had a really good battle with Dalton Schultz uh, this last week against the Texans. So we'll see how that goes uh, if he plays some, uh, you know, man, uh, man coverage on Travis Kelsey, but... You know, the Chiefs that that they've like we said earlier, you know, they've been relying a bit more on their run game. Pacheco's been playing well, so it's gonna be interesting to see how we can cover that. But, you know, Mahomes is Mahomes and you know, no matter I think I think if we wanna go off paper, uh, of how these teams have played this season, I think the Ravens are clear. Uh they've proved it all year how well they've played. But this is the playoffs, and you know the Chiefs. These last two games, th- th- this Chiefs team is so far removed from the team we saw in that losing streak at the end of the regular yeah. season that I think it's impossible to even compare regular no, season can't. to postseason. They're so, you know, they've they've got an energy now, and I saw um, I, I saw a really good clip on the Pat McAfee show the other day um, where they're talking about how uh, like Mahomes and Kelsey when when they get those touchdowns in Buffalo and you hear that like the life gets sucked out of the building and how much they were feeding off that and i think while well, this baltimore crowd is going to be pivotal in helping us uh you know try and suppress the chiefs attack i i think that's the type of thing that's going to fuel them is shutting the crowd up really yeah. so big you know team. it's going to be huge it's such uh, a huge game uh,
0: the, the first drive is going to be the big su- uh, tone set oh, for yeah. the chiefs i think if if they let's say they get the ball first go down the field and even put up a field goal i think that will kind of put A bit of fear into the crowd, you know, the the Chiefs will prove that they can still move the ball well in a way tough like what they were able to do against the Bills. But I still think this game is going to come down to how effective both run games can be for both teams. Uh, If the Chiefs are going to run the ball like they've done against the Bills, I think that'll be, you know, really tough to stop for for the Ravens. But then I look at the way that the Bills were able to run the ball against the Chiefs. uh, I feel like the Ravens could one up them. Uh, with the, with what the Bills did, if you look at the way that Josh Allen started the game running the ball, I think Lamar can do exactly what he yeah. did, but you know twice as well. He can he can power run just like the 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 best of them really. Um, I think it'll come down to if Willie Gay is actually healthy or not, and he'll probably end up being the spy on Lamar Jackson. Uh, if he's not there, I really do feel like the Ravens could run away with this one. I feel like Lamar will prove that he is, you know, he'll put a firm foot on that MVP trophy. And he's like, you know, I am the guy. I'm going to come and uh, absolutely wipe the floor with the Chiefs. And I, I do believe he has the ability to do that. But you just can never, you can never you rule out Patrick Chiefs. Mahomes. Yeah. You just can't. With what he's able to do, even on the right, he's proved it at Arrowhead for so many years. Yeah. Right? And then last week he goes and to one of the you know toughest places to go and gets a, a very hard fought win against the Bills. And there's always that one sinking feeling that the Chiefs could easily come and do it again. Uh, my my notes here for the game are that you know if if the Ravens can create pressure, they'll win the game. If the Ravens can continue that run game, they'll win the game. If you nail them two things, I do feel, believe that you be, you'll beat the Chiefs. But even if one of them things don't go your way, I feel like the Chiefs will beat you. Yeah, and I I, I really do believe that. So, But just for that, with the way that Josh Allen ran the ball against the Chiefs, I think Lamar Jackson can one-up that and perform to an even higher level than what Josh Allen did, and I think it'll just be too much in M&T Bank Stadium, and I'm going to go with the Ravens to win it. Lovely.
1: I mean, we've said about a million times this year about Lamar having MVP statement games, games that he needs, you know, these are the types of games that make you an MVP. Yeah. We've said it at least five times over the last seven weeks, I think, and it's coming back to it again, isn't it? If you can beat the Chiefs and Mahomes, I, I think this Ravens team is in the position to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I really do believe that. And just with the way this team's, you know, been built, well,
0: both teams have been built. We've seen the remodeling of the Chiefs and their the complete change of their identity, but this new formed Ravens and, and what they've done all season, I feel like this is going to be, uh, the, you know, the headline match for, for, for this weekend. I feel like, it really I feel like this one could go either way the, the Ravens are only 3.3 I think 3 point favourites which is not a lot in a home field, yeah. home field advantage for, for a championship game you sometimes see these these margins way way bigger so I'm, I think this is going to be one that I'm not going to be able to take my eyes off I think it's going to be a great game and finally, we have the NFC Championship game between the underdog Detroit Lions and the high-flying San Francisco 49ers. The Niners are seven-point favorites wow. going into this game. Uh, but the Detroit Lions have proved it quite quite a lot this season. They can go on the road and get the win. If we look at week one, they did it against the Chiefs. Uh, and I feel like
1: this could be a very similar matchup. Uh, what do you think, Sam? Well, I want to start off by saying that Jared Goff uh has played you know his last five games he's played against the Niners he's owned five (laughs) and he's had some very poor performances he's He's thrown for 78 yards he's thrown for two interceptions and zero touchdowns he's had games this most recent one he threw 57 times in it because they were that far behind but I'm saying it's going one and five (gasps) the Detroit Lions are going to go into San Francisco they're going to shock the world I I just think it'd be a fairy tale story. It really would, and and I think everything is saying that the Niners are going to win this. And the one thing that I think about is we said about how the Packers lost that game and the Niners almost escaped with one. I think they can't afford to make those sort of mistakes against the Lions because the way this Lions team will just scratch and claw for everything. They're so physical. They're so competitive. They're not going to give up this uh, opportunity. Dan Campbell is going to have those guys fired the hell up Mm -hmm. i i i just i i just think this lions team and again nothing to lose you know if the lions don't make it this year they'll come back next year if they don't make it next year they'll come back that's the i feel like that's the mentality that this team has and the position they're in to succeed so come on jared goff i want to see a a goff masterclass. i want to see that one and five and you know, let the Lions lines. Th- I
0: think out of the two matchups, you know, this has obviously got the 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 big upset factor that yeah. you know could be pulled off. And looking at the way the Niners played last week, you know, there is definitely room for an upset. That you you cannot write off the the Lions in this game. I just feel like last week was a bit of a, a waking up call for the Niners, yeah. and I, I have a fear that it could turn out to be, you know, like a, like when they played Dallas and just blew them out the water. Yeah, you know, yeah. I really feel like it could end up being forty to 15 you know it could be an absolute whitewash for a, a one sided game but i do i love i do love the upset call it's just that every i feel like every time i've gone against the niners this season they've won so i feel like just for just for the hope that the lions will win yeah. <laughs> i'm going to pick the niners nice nice so, <laughs> that kind of covers that point but uh i i mean i'd i'd love the lions to win but i do think it we we're going to get the super bowl that's kind of been you know, predicted since the start of the season with the scripting and the, the, the badge colours of the purple and red. I feel like it's going to be I don't want to believe it. I want to believe the, it. It. I mean, to to be believe the purple
1: teams. part. I don't want to believe the red well, the part. The red part could be either side. Yeah, yeah, it could be
0: either team. But no, I do think we're going to get the matchup that we expect between the Ravens and the 49ers. And that wraps up the divisional roundup of four down territory this week. Next week, we're going to dive straight into the conference championship. We've only got, what, three weeks till the Super Bowl? Which is crazy to think. Uh, it's getting exciting now. We've got one one Sunday left of what you can call kind of regular football. Yeah. <laughs> We've got a couple of games. Uh we it's it's coming towards crunch time now.
1: Yeah, it's crazy to think three more episodes of the uh regular season, you know, looking forward to rounding those up, hoping that we can round those up with a, a Ravens win. But, you know, we'll be here next week. Uh make sure you're following us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and also over on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. And all the other stuff. FDT underscore podcast. And we'll see you all next week. See you later. Go Ravens.